So I've done seven years of like personal brand slash B2B brand consulting. My coffee uh, okay. brand was Café Foncé. It was uh, a play on the exotic French word. Obviously, you have to think about your retention if you want to like keep growing profitably your brand. I would say that the biggest problem is lack of simplicity. It's kind of the Steve Jobs approach. It's like, do less. Do less, but do it better. This is The Retention Road, a podcast that uncovers actionable retention strategies for your D2C brand. Deb interviews the top in-house retention marketers to help you increase repeat purchase rate, drive customer loyalty, and build community. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Retention Road podcast. Today, I'm joined with Simon Pakpin, the CFO of Pilgrim Canada. Simon, how's it going? I'm doing well, Deb, and you? I'm pretty good. Thank you. How cold is it in Canada right now? It's super cold. And that's a classic weather question, right? So it's kind of funny, if I may. It's my first direct-to-consumer specific podcast. Most of the time, I used to record a podcast with like French-speaking people talking about oh, nice. the service business. And like, yeah, yeah. I've hit everything, every conversation that I had on, on YouTube because I, when right. I switched my channel to English. But I had like 40 or 60, 60-ish mm -hmm. episodes of like some French knowledge, you know? <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. I mean, your, your English is amazing. So I, I don't you. think that's going to be a problem. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Not absolutely that uh, my English is good. My English is okay. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's great, it's great. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So let's, let's get into it. Uh, Simon, could you give me like a, let's say a 90 second intro of your career? Yeah, yeah, 90 seconds. Wow. Okay. So I've done seven years of like personal brand slash B2B brand consulting. Uh -huh. uh, just last year, ex yeah, last year, 2022, I joined Pilgrim as the CMO because I wanted to be feet deep into e-commerce. I, I, when I found about uh, e-commerce, it was, I think, 2020 when I started my own coffee brand. And back then, it was just like a branding exercise to test if the theories of the B2B world were working with actual e-commerce strategies. And what I found out is that actual like brand growth strategies actually applies and scale product brands a lot faster than service brands. Service brands oftentimes have, from what I found, obviously, like oftentimes they have like kind of the bottleneck at the service level if the person is not like able to scale the team as fast as necessary or like build productized offer and stuff like that. So I was like, huh, let me let me just try to do some e-commerce stuff. Therefore, start okay. my own coffee brand, incubate it. And here we are today. I, I sold the brand to my roaster because it was just a passion project at the time. Right. And now I'm I'm the CMO of Pilgrim and I've been here for almost a year now. Well, there. That, because, that, you know, yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, that 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 is amazing. Almost a year at Pilgrim and, and that's GDC yes. e-commerce completely, right? It's actually, a fun fact, it's three verticals. Like we're in wholesale a lot. We are okay. we have our own stores and we have the e-commerce side. And I'm, I'm overseeing the retail and the wholesale, but I'm mostly focused as the like kind of the digital marketing brain behind the e-commerce growth strategy. That is brilliant. I mean, digital marketing is the lifeblood of a DUC organization. And yeah. retention is what we are going to talk about now is what yeah, yeah, sustains yeah, yeah. a brand. Right. Yeah. Can I add? Yeah. Can I add just something on retention? Like Please. I'm a complete green thumb on retention. I don't know if that's the expression because ever since I started my mandate, as you can imagine, we were mm -hmm. very, very focused on restructuring the tech stack, the backend, the processes, the logistics, right. and uh, focusing on growth. So like growth was the number one KPI. But I know I have a few things uh, re retention. Uh, Retention on the topic of retention that I want to talk to you about later, but I'll let you lead with the questions and stuff. Amazing. I, I can't wait to uh, get into that. But before that, since you, I mean, just for the listeners, and I, I wanted to talk a little bit, like take two minutes of our time and talk about your brand. Yeah, it's called uh, it's called Nordic Cafe, is it? in English? No, actually, uh, that's the brand that I've sold my coffee brand to. So my coffee oh, okay. brand was Cafe Foncé. 
it was uh, a play on the exotic French word. Like it was going to be just a dark yeah. roast coffee. Yeah. No bitterness. That was the brand. The product was great, great, great. But like uh -huh. it, it was not logical to get 40 bags just for myself per month. That's the minimum order that I had to do. But th therefore, I had to sell the clientele, the B2B cli the client list. And the direct consumer is funneled to Nordic Cafe, which is like a client of mine now that I help with uh, grow his own brand. That that is amazing. I mean, uh, selling a brand and having that having them as a client that's yeah. that's a dream job, right? Yeah. Some people dunk on people that consult on Twitter, but <laughs> I love consulting. It's super fun. Sometimes Man, people just need I guidance. Like, yeah, yeah, it's I, just I fun. It's it. fun to do. I love it. I I always do it on the side of my full time job. I I cannot live without it. It's you know helping yeah. people is a passion and it's it's fun by itself. I I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I'd have to chat about everything else. Now let's get yeah, into attention. Course. All right. Pilgrim Canada. What's, uh, if I, if I would, you know, if I were to ask you, Hey, Simon, can you talk to me about your retention strategy? What are the first yeah. things that come to your mind for, for Pilgrim Canada? Yeah. 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 It's a good question because retention, when I think about retention globally, like as a macro trend or something that you have to focus on, like obviously you have to think about your retention if you want to like keep growing profitably your brand. Like it's just a, it's at the base, at the core, it's a no brainer, but there are some challenges depending on every situ situation that you could be in. Meaning that for us, in our case, Pilgrim Canada is a distributor. We have the, the, the exclusive license to distribute the Pilgrim products in Canada. So that means that we don't necessarily have a, a chance or an opportunity to influence the product line uh, when we receive the goods, because when we receive the goods from Denmark, we actually just market them like, right, as a distributor. It's kind of like when Nike just sell the license to Canada and the Canadian Nike branch will just go and sell the products, right? In another, like another, like that's a sphere, right? But like another point on that, what did that, what that means is like when we get customer feedbacks, for example, that's something that I look daily with the tickets with my team and stuff like that. And when I look at customer feedback, like I know what we could tell the Danes, which are the, the head office, the worldwide office bureau, right. I'll call it what you want. And we influence the product development at like this stage, meaning that like right now they know what they're going to produce three years from now. Right, you know, right. so like the relationship with like the suppliers and everything like that, like it's already a process that's been going on for almost 40 years now. So what we do is like we get insights, we give it to them and the product timeline is a bit longer than if it, if we were just making like a next batch, you know, because we have so, so, so many SKUs. It's a huge machine. Yeah. That being said, that being said, retention, how do I think about retention with Pilgrim? It's mostly about uh, certain KPIs. So I remember I mentioned that we have like our own retail stores. Right. So we have our own retail stores. We have uh, the wholesale business unit, which is kind of big. It's about 40% of our whole business. But the retail store and the online store is about 60% combined. Okay. Meaning that we get two touch points where we can collect data. We have the, the little POS systems in our store that we collect data from. And we have the Shopify site, which we collect people's orders and process them and everything like that. What I look for most of the time, again, feel free to interrupt me if anything, but what I look for most of the time is the, the is certain KPIs, right? So how much does it cost to acquire a customer and or reacquire them? Because I look at the cohort journeys in the Triple Well currently, and not as not a sponsor. You know, like I just like the product; it's fine, it's great, it's a great dashboard. I look at the cohort journeys of people that are qualified, quote unquote, returning customers, and I look at the days between purchase and the average days of literally like since a customer will like buy the first thing either in store or online and buy again. And I try to understand how we can reduce that kind of, not churn, it's not the right word, but time in between, if I may say. So that's the main KPI on retention that I look forward to just keep bringing down. 
Okay, so from the time of acquisition to the time of returning, so that's yeah. a time period that you see how long. Yeah, so exactly. Why Why but is it, that? You, like, I mean, well, why is that particular time so important? It's because, okay, so let me just give a bit of a background on Pilgrim, which I should have probably done at the beginning. So Pilgrim is a jewelry brand. We are what we call a bridge jewelry, meaning we're not fine jewelry, solid gold and stuff. We are plated. But we're at the high end of plating. We're not like the cheap accessory store, which like people don't like. If you go to Walmart, you'll find some jewelry that look fine, but it's $9 and nobody wants that unless you're like 12 years old, right? I, of course, I'm generalizing, but like it's just a, just a way of saying it. So uh, when we sell, it's funny because the competitors that are in our market right now in Canada are selling a lot, I think, well, in my perspective, they're selling a lot higher based on probably like the purchasing power that they don't have that we do have with the Danes, right? The Denmark house. So what it means is like we sell at like, a, if I may like uh, average that, like we sell on average, let's say 65 to $90 per order, either in stores or online combined. Like online is a bit higher than in our, our stores because most of the time in stores is just like walk-ins, people that are in malls and they just stop buying like, oh, that looks cool. Yeah. And they average like $65, $70 per order. So this is, this is how, I don't know if that answers your question, but this is how I think about it. Because when people buy at that price range in, in, in when I say bridge jewelry, it's just because it's not, like I said, it's not accessories, but it's not fine. So it's kind of like a, it's a piece of clothing you go, you might use for a few nights out, but then not wear again type thing. You know, it's fashion statements, it's trendy jewelry, it's new collections, new focuses, like a lot of the time during the year. So it's a, it's an ephemeral piece, if I may say. Ah, okay. Okay. Got it. So you, you won't be like wearing, it's like, you know, wearing new clothes, right? You, you go to a yeah. function, 10 people see you, you cannot wear it again. So uh, it's, <laughs> if it's, the if the suit is pink, yeah, of course I get you. <laughs> whatever, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like the jewelry is, I think, similar. I mean, I I know for a fact that I have t-shirts that I I went to functions to, and I I cannot wear them because I I feel so conscious about it, and I I cannot do that. So I I go back to that online store, and I'm like, hey, what's new now? Right. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think the, New in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think you have a similar experience with Pilgrim. Yeah, we're a fashion brand at the core. And right now, the Danes, the the, the design ed uh, office in Denmark, they're very focused on bringing the Pilgrim lifestyle to market, which right. is a bit pulling from the fact that it's product driven by the jewelry, but a bit going into like, this is what the cool Gen Z people are going to be wearing. And like, this is how they stack it. If you look at pilgrim.net, pilgrim jewelry on Instagram, it's the Danes uh, Instagram, the TikTok as well. We have our own social media channels. But yeah, it's right. it's very like trendy based on the fashion week of the last uh, six mm-hmm. months, like whatever is going to be popular on Vogue type thing like that. So we we kind of stick to trends. And it's like you said, like if you go on our website, the first tab is new in, which is what everyone's it, clicking exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was uh, noticing new in. I mean, that is that is very interesting because you, you don't see that everywhere. Like it's not a regular mm-hmm you know, day-to-day very uh, brand where you can just like, okay, okay, cool. I, I'm going to wear this every day, uh, like a ring or yeah, a necklace. So we have different product course, articles, I mean, meaning yeah. we have like the classic stuff that you can wear every day, but some, since it's not fine, it might oxidate normally over like a shorter period of time than like a chain. Like I have like a gold chain since I was 12, right. like I have okay. this chain forever, <laughs> you know? But we do have some classic stuff that are v- very like uh, minimalist, sleek, and yeah. like just it looks good in any situation. But I think I would say right now, as of uh, 2023, 
it's about 40% of our business is fashion items. So people want to make a statement is what we're finding out. It was a lot less fast, like fashion. two years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, we, we have established that, you know, people people are coming back for this uh, trendy jewelry that's that's coming out maybe every week. And if, if, if the Danes have well, it every day. So, well, 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 let me give you a little bit of context here. So like what we do right. is we have four collections. We have four big collections that we split throughout the seasons. So like okay. as you would any other fashion brand, like spring, we drop like the day of, we have a sneak peek, we have a few capsules during the season and that's all part right. of one seasonal collection, right? And we do that four times a year. So it's you can think of it as like uh, 12 to 20 drops a year in a sense. That is still brilliant. I mean, for a brand your size, that is uh, that is pretty big. I mean, 12 drops a year. It's a, okay. it's a lot of work. <laughs> it is definitely a lot of work. Okay, cool. So interesting. Now coming back to the core of it, how do you get them back? So what are the channels that you're employing to actually get them to, you know, come back every time and buy $90 worth of jewelry? Do you want me to give you my biggest insight that I had like just last week? Please do. Go ahead. Okay. So the biggest insight that I have, like, of course, I can talk about SMS, email, and like Facebook ads, Google. We'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that. That exists, but I think, well, let me split my answers just to, into okay. Let me just like keep people on uh, on hold and just to increase the retention of the pod. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. So we do we do actually like a lot of focus ads work to retain people meaning like we retarget people that have previously purchased before didn't purchase in a few days like 30 60 or 90 days and we we target them with specific like contents right across facebook instagram google tiktok it's more organic we don't invest right now in tiktok just due to the lack of resource that internal team is super small so we're trying to be focused and we do SMS, recently SMS, and we do email kind of like our email uh, campaigns and flows are, are pretty strong. It's about 40% of our revenue, right? So yeah, it's 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 weirdly big. I didn't know it was qualified as I, but it's I mean, so, apparently 20, it's 20 to 25% is the average for DDC brands. But if you say 40% uh, yeah. is bringing in the returning customers... Yes, That's, and that I is think I think which is what most DTC brands don't have yet and or have when they start is like we have our own stores. So like it's easy yeah, for so you that to is say also like, direct I'm going to go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we own the retail channel. It's not like uh, we are in the stockist stores as like we are in 300 plus stockists in, 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 in Montreal and the greater Canada like nationwide. But it's I think our stores help a lot because, you know, I would sometimes do like I'm on lululemon.com. I would look at the sign. I'm like, ah. Oh, I don't want to buy it online. I want to see the shirt before I buy it. So like, yeah. I'm sure people do that in their uh, thinking process exactly. when they see jewelry online, right? Just to answer your question, like the, ins yeah. the biggest, biggest insight that I have was when we synced our SMS numbers from customer profiles that have signed up into our POS systems in our retail stores to the actual like PostScript SMS system that we use to actually market with SMS. We do marketing with SMS. But the biggest win, look at that. Deb, you're going to freak out. The biggest win, I'm giving a huge act that we discovered. I'm ready. I still want to I still want to like dive deep into that like technically yeah. with the team, but what we know this is like SMS is very expensive if you do big campaign send outs, right? Agreed. But SMS automated flows is extremely cheap and it's for extremely qualified people. Uh-huh. Meaning, okay. for like two, three dollars a day, as of my small simple size that I have right now, because we do like have, I think we have like four flows, including the split of languages going on for so eight flows total going out like on a daily basis. Meaning, like if you go on our site, for example, you go on pilgrim.ca, 
you look at something that you might find interesting. You put it in your cart. Ah, life happens. You just, your baby's screaming. You're running. You're doing something. You have to, you have to run, right? Immediately or soon thereafter, you will receive an email from us. Hey, you've left that in your cart. Blah, 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 blah. The classic, Abandoned right? card email. Yeah, abandoned Yeah, yeah, yeah. The classic, Standard. the classic. The abandoned, I, I don't know what they call it now, like browse abandonment or abandoned card, whatever. It doesn't matter. Same, yeah. same, same purpose uh, or close to. I'm going to get dunked on probably for saying that, but whatever. Terms. <laughs> Nuance. So then, then the Postscript team was super smart to help me figure out that. Okay, so somebody received an email. They don't open it. Six hours later or four hours later, I don't remember. Like, send them an SMS since their profile are synced to their Clavio profiles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Meaning that they get the SMS flow. And what's more actionable than an SMS? Much, much faster than email. It's more instant. Yeah. Exactly. So what we found, small, simple size again, we had 14, like in one single flow, we had 14 SMS sent, okay. six clicked, four converted. Holy shit. That's... And that's like a $600, I think, value on four SMS. So then I was like, oh my God. So the fact uh, that we... How saw... much did you pay for the SMS? The out of six, zero uh, point zero zero seven cents each. Okay, so that's let me, let me that, see if I'm not lying. Like less it, than it's a insane. Less than 10 cents. Like, let me just see on our account for sure. <laughs> share your screen uh, if you can, but I, I wouldn't recommend no, it. No, I, 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 I can't I can't share your screen. So let me say. So that's the flow, the fee. I'll I'll let you know later. But if I'm not yeah. uh, mistaken, like the billing aspects of because oftentimes people will bill in the US, but we're in Canada. So right. if I look here, if I look, let's say so let for example, yesterday we spent $3.60 on automated flows. <laughs> How so many SMS like, was that? How many SMS was that? It was, was about that? 20. So if I look like the browser and Benjamin one, we had 27 cents. So for a $0.6. But like it's super qualified people, right? So uh, uh, I, I don't want to say like wrong number stuff. But the, the point is, is what I found like it was kind of a, like an happy accident. It's like we when we right. sync the SMS number from the PS POS systems with the Shopify profiles, with the Clavio profiles, it kind of like gave us a lot more clarity on our customers, like touch points. So SMS became way more valuable for us, way uh -huh. more. Okay, this is this is interesting because this this touches upon acquisition as well as retention, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, abandonment, I mean, they might if it's a returning customer, they might have already purchased. Yep, they're browsing the site again, so you hit them with it, an SMS yep. after four hours, they come back and they purchase again, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. That plays on my uh, retention KPI, right? The days between purchase, the time between purchase, like however you want to call it. Like that's exactly. like an happy accident, like I said, because it plays on that KPI without us necessarily planning for it. But it kind of fact that like the automations are happening in the back end, which I want to like dive, dive in deep into that and make a let's, lot more automation. Let's do that. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Talk to me about that SMS automation thing, because this is this is the real nugget here. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm super green with all this stuff because I'm like I'm an I'm an action taker. I, I no operate. Problem. I don't just like read. So we've we've set it up. I think four five weeks ago the whole SMS system, and okay. we have like a four X ROI right now. So it's kind of interesting. So we sold about Amazing. like eight thousand over like two thousand dollars of spend. It's kind of interesting because I didn't expect it to be. Uh, and Wes, the guy from Postscript that I was talking with, like I didn't right. expect it to be as fast ROI action <laughs> as it was. Right. So in terms of SMS flow, if I look back in our account, let me see. Let me see. So the basic one, and by the way, like I, this is not like an ad for Postscript, but the team is for amazing. Sure. The white glove onboarding is very I, good. I love it. Uh, Postscript, you should sponsor this podcast if you're listening to it. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll send it to them after that. So 
Okay, look, so like the basic, basic thing that we have, like let's let's look at the last 30 days. We have set up the abandoned checkout in uh, both right. languages for new customers and returning customers. We have the browse and abandonment flow, which is for okay. when somebody will view, they call it like view a product. And yeah. we have our welcome series, which exclude people that like either in both English, uh, that, that have checked out that, well, it excludes people that didn't check out. <laughs> so of it course. goes to people that have checked out, right? right? It's a bit different than Clavio, like in terms of email just, structure. But just, just, left their, just left their phone number and left. They didn't, they never purchased from you. Yeah. Well, both, both, both. So we okay. have like an automation flow for people that, that did check out and or just entered their number consented, but did not check out. So it's kind okay. of like two, a little distinction there. Yeah, these are the basic flow that we have right now. But when, like, I want to me, go in. Uh, talk to me about that retention flow exactly. Uh, how you're bringing back more customers, especially that forex ROI thing. I want to dive well, deep into that. Well, the for, the forex to be totally transparent is account wide. So it's campaigns plus flows uh, together. So we sold, okay. like I said, about eight thousand with a uh, two thousand dollars. Well, one point seven thousand Canadian dollars spent. Right. Keep in mind, I'm just trying shit right now. So it might be higher <laughs> if I just be more. Uh, if I'm more conservative with cash but it's it's very interesting so we did about let me see let me see let me see most of our clicks obviously came from campaigns uh okay it comes from the the, the sync between our pos systems and the website customer profile data so right. you, you can think like we have about 300 to 500 new sms and email per week just from our stores so that's huge like we don't right. pay for that acquisitions outside of like the the operation Completely expenses free. of having the yeah, stores I mean, yeah yeah, yeah. Well, store kind of you know yeah, Store expenses, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so does that answer your question? I'm, I'm not sure if I. Uh, yeah. So, partly, uh, I, okay, I, okay. I wanna, I wanna actually, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for harping on the same point, but I wanna. Uh, no, no, it's good. It's dive, good. dive deep into that SMS thing, right? Yeah. So, talk to me about what those individual SMS are. Like, what kind of SMS are you sending? What are the hooks? Yeah. All that stuff. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm in a testing phase, right? So whatever I'm going to say is probably not what I would recommend to anyone or everyone because it's Absolutely. testing for our I audiences. Mean, everybody else can test it uh, also. <laughs> yeah. So let me just give you a bit of like uh, behind the scene of the strategy behind it, the thinking behind it. So yeah. when we started with SMS, of course, we had a few people on Clavio that already signed up. They, they were like on the sign up form. They were like, oh, yeah, sure. Send me SMS. It's fine. Like they were open to it, right? These people super hot. They're very like they're responsive. They 50% of them open the SMS and they click and mm -hmm. that that's 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 all nice. Right. But people from the retail stores, they don't necessarily like wait for your next SMS after they bought something by just passing by. So they're yeah. not as engaged as hot. I could say like either customer is cold or hot or, or warm, whatever, but there's kind of cold warmish. <laughs> so like these customers and I, so, so what we've noticed, so what we're doing right now is like we have a strategy in place, which is we're going to send three types of campaigns to the whole list and okay. see if we can filter out like people that are just not interested in opening them, opening or clicking on the SMS based on the three campaigns structure send out. So what is it, right? The first one was uh, a new product launch. A new product verticals that we're launching. You have a question? Okay. No. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm also product launch that we're launching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the second one is we sent it like a few days ago. It was okay. That's another thing. Like you have to pace yourself with SMS. You don't want to spam people because then you get a lot of unsubscribe, which could have just stayed if you were a bit more parsimonious. Like if that's the right word. Um. So yeah. So the second one is I think it's a Valentine's Day sneak peek of like what's gonna be happening with a giveaway we're launching. Like if I'm not mistaken, I have to speak with my team. So we have one that's more like themed around like the vibe of the brand. Like this is what we're we're all about. We're going to celebrate V-Day with all the arts, uh, arts products and blah, blah, blah. 
in the third SMS that we want to send, as a, that, that hasn't been sent yet, but is planned to a bit later in the future, is, is a BOGO, a, a buy one, get one. That's interesting because as a retailer, we have a lot of stock that are kind of last restock that we will not repurchase as a product, as a SKU altogether, right? So we kind of have a sell section kind of like year long, right. but not necessarily focusing on it. So what I want to do is I want to take the whole list, the 35,000 people that we have, see what they react to the most and then segment them by types of action that they take. So like, for example, after the three types of SMS that I'll be sending, I want to segment people into like, okay, if you didn't open any of those three types of SMS, let me just save some money and not contact you like as frequently as I would with people that are interested, you know? Yep. Yep. Makes sense. That's the thinking right now that we're, we're having with it. Okay. That is, uh, that's interesting. What about in, during the test, uh, test phase, you said you were, you, you had an automation flow, right? Yep. For the people... flows are there since the beginning. Yeah. Right. Okay. So from the beginning for people who have purchased and haven't purchased in a certain period of time, talk to me about that's... that flow. Yeah, that's that's kind of a useless flow for now because we set up the, the SMS system about four weeks ago, right? So like I don't oh, okay. have such interesting historical data. I'm going to wait a few more weeks, like maybe up to 60, no 60 or that's, 80 days. Yeah, yeah. It's 2023. It should be easy to work with creators by now. Yet most of us are still stuck in spreadsheets, scouring databases and still paying for inauthentic content. That's where Bounty comes in. Bounty is a Shopify app that puts TikTok, UGC, and partnerships on autopilot for your brand. Yeah, incentivize your customers to share videos on TikTok after they purchase. Those who get paid on a CPM basis, all content is automatically saved in the app where you can manage usage rights and spark codes in just a few clicks. So start automating UGC and creator marketing for your store. Simply visit bounty.co to book a demo. That's bounty.co to book your demo today. Let's move on. Let's move on to some uh, another point because that is that is something sure. very controversial. As per DDC Twitter, right? If you go to DDC Twitter, Love uh, these guys. A, lot of the, a lot of them talk about Facebook retargeting doesn't work, right? Okay. Or retargeting doesn't work in general. Uh, if if you follow the right folks, that uh, they keep talking about it. Yeah, I see and some stuff. <laughs> you say you say that retargeting actually, you know, you can bring returning customers with retargeting, right? You have been doing that for a while. Talk to or me about that strategy. Through, through ads or through SMS, you're saying? Through ads, retargeting uh, Facebook ads. You said uh, in the beginning, you said you were running retargeting ads. Yeah, well, like most people know right now, the Advantage Plus campaigns exist. They work. You just have to right. make it work for your brand. Uh, what do I mean by they work? I think Cody, Cody Plufker on the, his podcast mentioned something very interesting. It was like, it's just less management. It's just less manual labor to work with the... like. To, that's interesting. Let me just take a step back here. So I liked what he said in this podcast, but the thing with Facebook campaigns is like now with the attribution uh, that is like all skewed since iOS 14.5, yeah. it's very hard to specifically exclude people that have seen or never seen your stuff, right? Just very hard in a sense that like you would have to have so many exclusions. Again, I know about media buying. I understand what it is, but I'm not the doer right. of that sphere. I have a partner that's doing that. It's Nicola Mayer on, on Twitter as well. So what's his, but, but still we lead, we talk strategy and we, we build it together. 
So when I say retargeting, like it's, it's mainly because we have like our cost cap structure on the Facebook ad side of things that are just set up to just make our first order profitable. And it's targeting broadly people that could have a different email, could have a different uh, phone number, could have bought under a different profile on our site. Like, you know, so, so of course there's going to be some little overlap. Again, I'm not the big brain of the ads world and stuff like that, but we know that we might be, you know, what I said earlier, like repaying for a customer. Like yeah. it might happen that like somebody that I've bought from us and or is is excluded from a campaign, see something on Facebook as well, like a, a list sorry, or a segment, like it happens. So we're more of a kind of like an holistic brand approach with like, hey, listen, we know that in marketing and in brand in general, you need about like what, 40, I don't know what's the latest data on that, but like 42 touch points with somebody. So they keep thinking about you, remembering you and stuff like that. So we don't over-index too much on the fact that retargeting doesn't work. We just think of it as like a marketing brand action more than a performance-driven necessarily only acquiring new people with a specific clear-cut list that is exactly the people. Like, you know, like we're just a bit yeah, more broad. Yeah. The yeah. CPA is great. The NCPA is great. So we just keep spending on that. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. Okay, cool. Switching gears a little bit. Email, 40% revenue. What's the story yeah. there? That's interesting. That's that's. I think it's a bit skewed because of Black Friday <laughs> that was just behind us. So look, okay. I'm looking at this since April last year. So like I'm looking right. from April to today. And keep in mind that most of the people that are in our newsletter list are not people that are just subscribing and then waiting to buy. Most of them are coming from our stores, which are our right. customers. Paid customers. So, yeah. Yeah, they've bought something, they know the brand, they've used the brand, literally, they add like something yeah. in their ears, necklace, bracelets. So like, I think we're a bit lucky in that sense, because this is not a super cold email list. Of it's course. people that mostly warm-ish. have bought before. Yeah, yeah warmish. <laughs> That's probably why it's a bit tired. So if I look at the Black Friday, well, no. If I look at the last, I think when was the last cohort that I looked at, I think I was looking from last week, from the last 90 days compared to the last 90 days, just to see in right. terms of ratios, what it was looking like. And it's it was between 32 and 37%. So that's very oh interesting God. for us. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And listen, we're not gods at email marketing. I'm still learning a lot. Uh, yeah. We we are testing things. We have different, we have two languages. Eh? So we have yeah. to market everything into languages with the small team that we have. So when we thought about it, it was like, oh my God, to send three newsletters, we have to make six. <laughs> A minimum, like unless we do segmentations. Right? I mean, yes. Uh, so and that's just newsletters. Like then there's offers and uh, then there's new launches. I mean, there's like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know a hundred different emails, obviously. Yeah, uh, the marketing calendar is quite a quite quite a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can uh, I can only imagine. Talk to me a little bit about your retention flows or retention emails. What kind of emails uh, do you send uh, to bring back customers and how? You know, talk to me about the specifics of those mm-hmm. emails. What what is the content that goes into it? <laughs> let me let me tell you that I'm very bad at this. First, uh, we have one, and it's the win back. You, you're doing great so far, by the way. Okay, okay. Because like like I said, like okay, let me just also give a bit of, of context about Pilgrim. Pilgrim was like the startup. Pilgrim Canada was born six years ago. Uh, five five or six years six years this year, and my CEO is a retail mastermind. Like he knows retail, like like the back of his hand, like he knows retail and wholesale. So they've built, obviously, naturally, they built the business retail and wholesale first. Of course. So the e-commerce kind of like, in my head, it's weird because it's the direct access to customer without having to buy a lease or blah, blah, blah. But then like, I understand the the, the play that he, that he made and I'm kind of playing catch up with the email and the, like, like I switched the whole tech stack like eight months ago. Like I restarted the business eight months ago in a sense. 
Oh my God. The, okay. the online operations and like to understand clearly like what's making what. So right. building flows, testing them, plus the, the fashion aspect of the business, which is like, it's super fast. Like we always have to produce new uh, campaigns, send outs and blah, blah, blah. Like the campaign work that we have to do is, is, is huge on a recurring basis. So some of my time, not all, but some of my time is spent to actually building the infrastructure of the business. <laughs> and keep in mind, we're a team of four. So we're like four plus an agency that, that's doing the ads. That's and, a... That's a very small team. <laughs> yeah. And oh, and by the way, half the team works on retail most of the time. So it's kind of two and a half percent. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So I don't want to give me myself like a bit of an excuse to not have like more retention flows, but it's actually on the pipeline this year as of January to just make more like, hey, you haven't bought in 90 days. What can we do? Hey, you've looked at that, but you didn't buy in X amount of orders. Like, right. could we understand more? Why not? Did you come back? Like, it's on my plate for this year. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the one that you have right now. Can you any uh, question? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> can you elaborate a little bit on that? It's super simple. It's super simple. Like I could actually let me see if I can find. Um, I'll talk in the meantime, so it's not boring for people that are not watching the video. But like, <laughs> if uh, if so, so the win back is was super simple. Uh, we work with an agency to build the first logic at the core. Okay. Let me see if it's live. So. Oh my God, I'm going to be so boring. So it's a flow of three emails and okay. it's as it's just, did people place an order? Like if somebody signed up, didn't place an order, uh, well, actually placed an order, they would be in that flow and they would get that, I think after 75 days. So we launched it a few weeks ago, so it's not triggered yet, but it's it's waiting on a few people to be sending that specific time frame of a, of a flow. And it's a three email sequence. Like it's a did you place an order? If so, you're going to get this in 75 days. If you didn't come back, obviously, then if you don't engage with that email, you're going to get something 15 days later with a little, I think we're get we have an offer in the second email and then we have uh, yeah, 10% off. And the third email, if you don't engage, we get something similar. I think, I think it's 15, 15 or 20% probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus some social proof in the email. Like it's very basic. We, we're very standard, every, yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, we're redesigning everything like as of next week, just to make sure that like it's a bit more on brand. But you get the gist of it. Like we're gonna test this flow, we're gonna see if it works, if if it's nice, and yeah, you'll take it, it from anything. there. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Okay, cool. Coming back to something that you mentioned, or very early on, or was you you have you have advised uh, you know several several companies. What yeah, are the hundreds. top mistakes? What are the top mistakes a DDC brand make when it comes to retention? If you'd ask me, like in my last seven years, the top mistake from any CEOs or marketing team internally, not necessarily DTC, but and I'm gonna answer the DTC from what I know now in the last eight months that I've been super focused on that. Of but course. previously it would have been accountability. People okay. have 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 a lot of difficulty to be accountable to things they have to do. Like you know that to-do list that never end? It's kind I, of I like do. The pain. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> right so accountability one. when i was consulting a lot like accountability was hard because there's always fires there's always things that are not moving like the way they should or like problems which is part of business right but then accountability towards things that people want to happen is often hard i find in terms of cons consistency and actions this is what i found in the, the big like that's the before I, i'm full dtc now uh, i would say that the biggest problem is lack of simplicity lack of simplicity yeah people love okay. a complex fucking system man like why are you completely like it's already hard to manage like a few apps and when you have like 20 that are not really talking to each other yeah. and like structurally like they're slowing you down you have too many steps for processes you have no 
quality insurance of anything going out. Like it's just like the, 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 the constant chase of top line kind of blinds people towards more of a like, oh, let's do more and it's going to work more type thing. But like when in fact, it's kind of the Steve Jobs approach was like, do less, do less, but do it better. Exactly. Yep. So Makes boring as a, as a realization, eh? but that's what I found on the field, you know, because I consult with a few DTC brand as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree because when, when I consult my DTC brands and, and I, I'm from a SaaS world, which, which is 10x more complicated. I mean, they somehow love complex stuff like, you know, yeah. uh, visitor is coming, you pass it through clear. What, <laughs> yeah, what yeah. was that? Uh, engineer called. type folks they love a good complex thing like oh it's, a, it's like it's mental it's masturbation like, like. yeah it's, it's, it was it, 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 it was insane uh and I, i'm like guys like you just not everyone not everyone campaign. not everyone yeah, of yeah, course yeah. but i'm like just you just yeah. need one email convert kit and like just send them emails and make, make the copy and the design better and i'm yeah you you will have better results yeah it's it's, it's 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 annoying to see that uh that's not the case and it's, it's just actually. not instinctive it's like people instinctively they think that if they do more they're going to get more but the reality is like if they do less and focus more they're going to get more exactly i i i love that i think i i think that would go as a quote in the i should tweet that <laughs> i'm going to tweet that right now oh please do please do let's <laughs> i'll, I'll, tweet, let, I'll let's, do it later <laughs> yeah of course no problem but but do tweet that that's a that's a good quote let's end this i mean we are we are almost at time but let's end this with oh wow what are your three predictions for retention for your brand as well as DDC in general? Mm. Let me give you a silence while I think about it. So I have one. So okay. I think I think that people are going to enter like a phase of austerity. Like that's what we've been seeing with the Q5 that just kind of ended like the, the, the little bump after Christmas. And yeah. I've seen a lot of people trying to be more, I don't want to say like bootstrap minded, but like more profitability focused. Right. And that means that they're going to think a lot more about the quality of their products. And like I said, maybe the days between purchase and how they can shorten that window for customers. So in uh, terms of retention, the fact that you want to be more profitable, they're going to get to the conclusion or like one of the conclusions that you have to bring your customers back. Yeah. You can't just want keep on acquiring back. new ones. Yeah. They yeah. have to like, I spoke with people on Twitter about that, like in, in DMs, like, like the under, like the great entrepreneurs, they understand that retention is the game because if you don't have to pay as much to acquire people or reacquire them because like they had a bad experience or something, you make your money when they come back. Like it's the reoccurring model, it's the recurring model, it's the guaranteed sales in a sense, the LTV over like more than six months. Like it's it's that that I think is going to be more of a not a focus, but it's going to be it's a prediction that I'm making right now. It's just that people are going to care more about retention, just in general, because it's Thanks. smart to do so. It is definitely smart to do so. And one of the reasons I'm starting this podcast is basically people don't know. There, there are two reasons people don't focus on retention. And that's just my observation. One, they don't know what to do. Okay. Uh, they have no idea. The black have, box, right? It's, yeah. It's, it's like, like, what you know, do I do? You can do so many different things. You can get easily yeah. lost in that. And then then you're like, okay, like we'll drop it. Let's run some ads. You know, so that's, that's Easier, problem right? one easier problem two is retention is always an afterthought because you know brands are being forced to acquire more customers get more yeah. revenue but i think there was a there was a statistic a little bit old statistic uh, it was from salesforce customers it said that like if you if you focused five percent more on retention your revenue increases by 25 percent or something like that wouldn't be surprised compounding yeah, the value I of mean, people that already bought from you like it just makes sense 
I mean, like, why won't you do that, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, there yeah. are like n number of things you can run a community. You can mm-hmm. you, you can do retargeting ads. You can do email, like n number of things, right? One of the reasons to do this podcast with in-house e-commerce marketers is to ensure that you know you're you're getting you're getting it from the horse's mouth. You're not getting it from yeah. some rando in a corner who's yeah, like preaching yeah, yeah. retention. So... No, we're living it, and I, I'm telling you, it's hard because you're like you want to do 80% of your time on acquiring. Like that's the, like every week we look at the we look at the new sales. So like you don't necessarily exactly. say like, oh, okay, I'm gonna get a lot of new sales from old people. No, you're like, okay, so if we spend more on Facebook, we get more sales. So it's like the the natural <laughs> the natural way of looking at natural it instinct. Sense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the it's the way companies are structured. Like if your incentives is aligned into like your investors payback structure or whatever. Like I don't know, many people have different business structures, but for us, yeah. we're bootstrapped. God bless. Like it's 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 super nice. We don't have that pressure, but we want right. to grow. We want to take market share. We want to be a, a more important player. And you asked me earlier, like, what are my three predictions? I gave you one. The next one is like product is gonna be king. I... It's, it's not about like dropshipping. It's it's fun. It's fun, but if you want more <laughs> it retention, <doesn't> <laughs> well, it might. Listen, I don't know enough about dropshipping to shit on it, but I think, I think I the mean, quality of a product. Every every like... dropshipper I've spoken to in my career, they have sent oh, like, yeah. I mean, we we have we have switched to our you know to our own production, right? Yeah, uh, because it it works to a certain point, but people catch on early. They will see like, okay, this product is not authentic. This thing is breaking. And you have no way uh, to actually fix that because it's you don't exactly. own the product, right? Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, dropshipping is a whole different uh, concept, but... It's, a, it's another conversation, yeah. yeah. It's another business are, model for different people. Yeah, it is It is for, for sure a life, different kind of lifestyle altogether. But yeah, yeah for this conversation, DDC businesses, yes, product is going to be huge. Product is going to be king. I think Still Cody... Still is, right? Always is. Yeah, Cody keeps talking about it as well. Like if your product is mm-hmm. shit none of the campaigns will work eventually like no might no, get exactly. some sales yeah some. yeah yeah well you might acquire new people that don't know about you but then when they discover but eventually, you don't like you don't you yeah oh and, you know like uh yeah. yeah so that that actually brings back to retention right so i mean <laughs> you're you you bring the customers but eventually you'll hit a ceiling where you cannot acquire more customers you'll just have to re you know upsell your existing customers right uh, how are so they going to buy again if you don't like they, your thing? Yeah, if, if your product is crap. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's I mean, that's the thing. The, another thing that I, I think it's interesting is like that don't people don't talk enough about is I think the negative word of mouth. People can't yes. quantify it, but negative word of mouth is the death of you. Like think about oh, it. Yeah. If you get 20 oh, tickets coming daily, like for example, you get 20 tickets. How many people complained to their wives or whoever they have in their life that didn't send the ticket? They just chose to not buy again. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm about done it. with it. I'm done with it. So yeah. like negative word of mouth, I think it's like, it's something to just consider that it exists and what exactly. you can do to actually not fix your business, but like be be more self-conscious that like people might not, like the, the, the amount of tickets you get might not be a reflection of the amount of like word of mouth that's getting generated or like positively or negatively. That 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 is so true. I mean, I, I used to love this brand uh, a year back and suddenly their products like, you know, it, 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 it was a face cream and suddenly their products started feeling itchy and I, I used to, mm. I got rashes on my face. I'm like, what the hell is going on with this product? Yeah. I, yeah. I messaged, I, I'm a very active customer. I messaged customer support and like, what's happening? Yeah. yeah. No yeah. response. No response. Like never got a response. So I'm like, okay, I, I dropped Ouch. it. And yeah, I we have an eight-hour yeah, policy. Yeah, I don't care enough about it. Right? 
Yeah, yeah exactly. And if they cared about you, you would have probably said something. Like that, that's exactly. why I, I tell my CX team, like, and which is one person, where I tell my team, like, that you have a manager and somebody that answers tickets, and I, I oversee it. But like, if it's it, it has to be every ticket has to be taken care of within eight hours of business days. Like, if it's yeah. on a Friday night, of course, like I get it, you're not there, but like we have automations for that. But like, that's also something that's important. Like we see a lot of people coming back because of the ticketing, like all the customer experience side of thing. Like we're, we're getting inspired a lot by Zappos and what they're doing with like, oh, yeah, it's a oh, judgment yeah. call in the tickets, meaning like do something that's smart for the customer. Don't just read the policies and copy paste them. Like just think about what you would want in that situation. If that's obviously, if you're not getting shit on and insulted and blah, 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 like right. that's... That's a, a different emotional state, but uh, these people are, are strong. People in customer support, like the front oh, line. Oh yeah, the business, they, like, they they have they strong. Have, they have rhino skin. skin. Uh, I, I call oh them yeah, rhino yeah, skin. yeah, like, yeah. They have rhino skin. They, nothing goes through that. It's amazing. Yeah. How they yeah. process them. All right. Wow. Uh, this this was a lot. Like and uh, SMS. We talked about Facebook retargeting ads. We talked about Flavio flows. It it was amazing. And we talked about the uh, product product being the king. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. So it was it it was it was delightful, Simon. Thank you for being on the show. And before sure. before you before you head out, uh, where can people find you? Twitter, man. Just just hit me up on Twitter. You'll find everything you need. You'll laugh. You'll unsubscribe. You will follow me. <laughs> like it should it should and be follow fun. you again and follow you again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I I tweet a lot of just stream of consciousness stuff because I think it's the most fun. I've stopped thinking about growth there, but it's just it's it's very fun. It's just tw- hit me up on Twitter on DMs. It's on it's on, awesome. it's on my phone. What's it's your... the only social app I have. I love Twitter. Um, I contacted yeah. you on Twitter. So I see uh, exactly. Uh, what's it's your at uh, back? You were asking like. S-E-E-M-P-A-Q. S-E-E-M-P-A-Q. Awesome. I'll I'll be sure to link that, but that's that's Simon for you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Deb. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. It's 2023. It should be easy to work with creators by now, isn't it? Yet most of us are still stuck in spreadsheets, scouring databases, and paying for inauthentic content from creators who don't really care about your products. Do they? That's where Bounty comes in. Bounty is a Shopify app that puts TikTok, UGC, and partnerships on autopilot for your store. Bounty works by incentivizing your customers to share videos on TikTok after they purchase. Users get paid on a CPM basis and all content is automatically saved in the app where you can manage usage rights and spark codes in just a few clicks. Bounty also supports gifting with automated auto creation and with invite flows and links it's easy to leverage Bounty's incentive structure for any creator you want to work with. When you're ready to start automating your GC and creator marketing for your store, just visit Bounty.co for a demo. Once again, that's Bounty.co to book your demo. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Retention Road. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on YouTube or leave us a rating review on Apple and Spotify. Thanks again to our sponsor, Bounty, for supporting the show.